everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit, Shit Together. Bam. Wow. We oh, nailed it. That was powerful. That I feel like maybe good. I was a little bit fast. No. Well, better you than me. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, oh, getting some thumper action damn, up here. Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> Way to start the show. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome, everyone. Uh, we have uh, most of the crew uh, in the studio. Kevin couldn't make it today. He's at his daughter's uh, parent-teacher Parent conference. conference. Hopefully it's going well. There's been a whole um, 10 days of school. Yeah. Hopefully she hasn't fought anybody yet. Man. This early... Oh my gosh, day one, day one. Glenn really? Day one. Glenn's yeah. so concerned about that. Today he opted to just be a sound engineer, and he's like, wait a minute, what yeah, the I hell? gotta chime in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. So with you today, I'm Rohit Rohila. Kyle Reed, and our special guest co-host today. Sarah Jones. Yeah. Wow, what's that? That's 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 uh, weird for me to hear. Uh, I'm not used to like that being your last name. I know. Jessica Jones, that's what it is. I was like, what's Did that superhero show? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> She's you... wearing a shirt that says, once you're married, you're sexually game over. No, it look, the girl is over. happy, the guy is sad. No, oh, mm-hmm. that's because he doesn't have anything between his legs. <laughs> it's in her purse at But she's got a whole wow. secret under that dress. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, today we have an interesting... Interesting uh, episode, because when we first talked about this episode, the three of us had view had different views, and so we're gonna we're gonna duke it out on air. Say what? Yeah. Go so put the gloves on. So Kyle, I'm gonna hand this over to you because uh, this is a topic that you felt very strongly about. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week's episode, we we kind of had a little bit of a discussion, right? You and I did a, about some of I think what can go into this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had made the statement that not everyone wants to be a billionaire, and you challenged that idea, to which we then had really good discussion about that yeah. afterwards. Exit one, I know, not exit. <laughs> exit, exit 132, <laughs> Tacoma. Episode, episode 174, <laughs> not everyone wants to be a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, so then, and this one was on the board, right? And it, and it came up, and it's really about your mental health and wellness and stability. And the question is, is it better to have more or to want less? I think it's an important question, but also a dangerous question, right? Because in having more, we can get into what we had mentioned earlier, right? Is kind of the um, the the whole idea of being on Instagram and seeing things and showing people what you want them to see and thinking just you want more and more and more and more, mm-hmm. which is why Instagram marketing and advertising work so well. But also, you take a look at the flip side of that, and you could say it's better to want less, but then are you settling? Mm. Right? Excellent question. Or are you achieving what you truly desire? And maybe what you desire is less than someone else. So I think it's a very, very interesting question. And the goal, I think, of this is how to achieve mental peace. Right. Right. Um, be thankful for what you have while still wanting to achieve more. Right. But not necessarily always feeling like you need to have more. So... With that said, I think that's kind of the direction that I wanted to take this one and just have an open discussion about it because I think that there are a lot of takes here. And 
I think that a conversation like this could have someone who believes it to be one way towards the end of a conversation maybe change their mind, right? And see things a little bit differently. So Yeah, I'd what, be okay with you two changing your mind. Oh, would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> that was good. I like that. So with that, I think we'll just we'll just open it up. When you hear this statement, is it better to have more or to want less? What's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think that means to you? And are you answering your, the question yourself first? And if you are, what are you saying? I'm, I'm firm in the wanting less category. Yeah. If you had asked me five years ago, I would have been firm in the having more category. Uh, but a lot has transpired both inside myself and just in my life that has made me really change perspective and really focus on wanting less. And I did have to go through a whole season of my life where like, okay, am I actually just settling? Mm -hmm. Um, Which I heard from a lot of friends and Rohit, I believe you were one of them actually, Uh that that challenged me and said, are you sure you're not settling? Um, And so I really had to come in and ask myself that, am I settling? and so through that transition, I came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm actually not settling. I, and I have been the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. That's huge. Yeah. What do you think changed and what did you have to go through? Well, before I spent a lot of time and energy um, seeking the almost the unattainable, like how can I go from zero to a millionaire? You know, like, Mm. how can I start from here and get to where all of my idols are? You know, like, where, how do I get there? And I'd spend so much. Well, (laughs) I'll never be a Beyonce. (laughs) I'm not a single lady anymore. Um, (laughs) Hopefully she's not either. I don't think she is. (laughs) But uh, that's my favorite song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was always wanting more, always trying to pursue that bigger dream and that, that, um, I surrounded myself with people who all wanted to see a bigger dream. Um, but what I missed out on and what I wasn't paying attention to is the, the everyday and the beauty in your everyday. Um, and because I was so forward thinking, I was missing the now. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, I did take a step back from life and I, I started to do different things and I met my now husband. Um, and so life kind of changed for me because he was completely different. He was very grounded and lived very much in the now. Um, but he wanted things in the future and I was such a big like way out there and he was so grounded that it was like, okay, we've got to kind of find a center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really where like this morphing process within myself came from um, was him ultimately. Uh, and he still wanted more, but didn't know how to get there. And I was just was going for it, you know? Um and so I got my real estate license to work with a multimillionaire, like actually a billionaire, <laughs> uh, and uh, got my license and I called him up and I said, hey, I'm ready to work with you. And he goes, oh, I can't right now. <laughs> I got some stuff going on. Damn. And I'm like, OK, well, I don't really know what to do. So I was working in retail Um trying to pay the bills and still trying to figure out what do I do with this real estate license that I don't really want to sell homes. Um, but 
I do want to work in real estate. So I put that on the back burner and, um, and then I was really unhappy in retail because I felt like I was working my whole life, like just giving it all to customers who really don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I went and I was complaining basically <laughs> to one of my real estate friends and she said, oh, you know, you could be a bus driver. Bus drivers only work a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the afternoon. And and then you're done. You have the rest of the day to yourself to do whatever you want in that time. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to get up at four in the morning. Um, <laughs> but I did it and I moved forward with it. Um, and then I suddenly realized that within a few months of being there, this is the best job in the entire world. Like you get to spend your day just pouring life into these little people who are one day going to be adults. They grow up and become contributors to society. And so like I get to pour into their lives and like help them be responsible and safe, you know, people. Um, And then you get to know them and see their personalities and just you learn that, who they are, what they want, and you can help inspire them. So every day I get to inspire over a hundred people. That, that's amazing. Like, so I get my fire lit every day and then I get to drive this giant bus on the road and I get to stop (laughs) cops. That's, that's even better. Not many people get to do that. No, I mean, how many people go around and like, hey, you have to stop for me. That's pretty huge. (laughs) And, and I don't think, um, it should ever be downplayed the mark that you can leave on a child, right? I mean, there are certain things like that. I don't remember very many, um, you know, as a, as a kid, very many bus drivers that seem to be as excited to do their job as you are and to be able, seriously, and to be able to leave a positive mark on these children. I think that's phenomenal. But when we, when we look back at things, we do remember a lot of those things as a child, right? The things that had a positive impact on us. And I can already tell you, you are somebody that kids will remember 10, 20, 30 years from now. Fingers crossed. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, and so since I got into this job, I realized that like I'm fulfilling a passion of mine that I've had my whole life, which mm-hmm. is to be able to serve people and like lift them up at the same time. I'm just doing it in a very unseen way. Um, where I thought it would be up on the stage in front of lights and <laughs> stars, you know, and, and I get, but I still get to do it every single day. And so I wake up and I'm so excited to go to the bus. Like I'm probably the craziest bus driver in the world, but, um, I do, I am so excited to go to work and I, I don't look forward to Fridays. I look forward to Mondays. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Wow. That's awesome. Um, but I do know, and all the people I work with are great. Um, as far as other bus drivers, every bus driver you drive past waves and yeah. says hello. So there's a camaraderie among the drivers. And it doesn't matter where you work. They all do it. Huh. So you just feel like you're part of this society that all cares. And I don't think bus drivers, even though they may not like communicate it well, uh, I don't think that they're like purposely not being their joy. I think they're there because they want to be there. Yeah. Um, and that's huge in your life. Like when you're wanting less to just want to be where you are. And a lot of people aren't there in their jobs and in their lives. Um, because maybe they're wanting to have a lot more than they need. I, I think I would agree in most cases. You, 
when you were saying that, I wrote, I wrote down just the word inclusion. I think people are driven by that. You, you'd mentioned bus drivers always wave to other bus drivers. Oddly, I've noticed that with Jeep drivers. Yeah. Anyone who has a Jeep, a Wrangler, Cherokee, Liberty, whatever, it doesn't matter. They give the, the two finger or the nod or, you know, hey, 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 Jeep, hey, Jeep. Um, so we have a drive to feel included in things. Right. Oddly enough, I was listening to, I don't remember what I was listening to. It was very recently. They were talking about how one elementary school is trying to ban the use of the word bestie or best friend. Hmm. Because it um, it prevents other students from feeling included. And it can be used as a bargaining chip to get other students to do something. If you don't do this, we're not going to be best friends. It's true, yeah. Sally is my best friend, not Johnny. And Johnny mm-hmm. doesn't feel included now, right, in what that does for them. So I thought it was really weird to to ban the use of that word, best or best friend. But when you look at the psychology and sociology of it, it I would, I guess I have to agree, it can absolutely have long-term effects, right, on a, on a child. Well, yeah, and, like, it puts them vulnerable to being um, abused because... Oh, yeah. Using using that emotional leverage, it just teaches them that that's an okay way to communicate. So you think, in and in that sense, do you think that's a desire for someone to they they want to have more, have more friends, yeah, have more clout, if Be you popular. will, popular, gain a, a higher status, yeah, for sure. What say you, Rohi? So I. This is interesting because even though it's very similar to Not Everyone Wants to Be a Billionaire episode, mm-hmm. it's different because with, with that episode, it was 100% centered around money. Yeah. But this is open to interpretation. Sarah took it as in terms of uh, just being present and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting. When you, are, when you are younger, it's all about material stuff. You know, there's that famous physical items. Yeah, famous quote of whoever ends up with the most toys wins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think what you do is you go from material and you go through a certain maturation process. And if you did it right, it's not the material stuff that excites you anymore. And Kyle, as soon as I wrote this word, I thought of you specifically. Even though the the maturation process is missing. No. Um, You go from... From material stuff to experiences. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for for the audience, if, if you don't know, I don't know if we've mentioned or not, but before every single recording, before we talk about anything, we're off air, we haven't even discussed what topics we're going to talk about, we, we all take turns talking about what our highlight was from the past two weeks. And I've noticed yours always seem to be centered around experiences. Yeah. And so when I wrote yeah, that down, wow. I, I thought of you. And so when it comes to having more versus wanting less, I, I think it depends. No, I'm not going to say the word depends because that's a, that's a cop-out. It's a diaper. I'm, I'm on board by saying having more is, is important. I think what we do is there's – we – and again, a lot of the stuff I'll – What's that? That's English. Jomabi Bonamana, who mess out stanky. It's not fair. For my, for my Hindi speaking crowd. Um, 
But I, I, I do think we start settling. And because of that, what we do is we lower our expectations. And that can include love, money, your, uh, your job, your ambition. Uh, a great example of that is somebody who is present but is not on air right now, and that's our buddy Glenn Rocks here. Um, he's just staring at us awkwardly. Hi. <laughs> he's eating a peach cobbler. It's really weird. <laughs> that hey. would be good. <laughs> okay, you I'm have good. no idea how much I want one right now. Stop. Or that one that you shared. With the, ice cream. The, uh, the Cheez-It. Pizza Hut's oh, the new Pizza deal. Hut stuffed mm-hmm. Cheez-It pizza. Oh, my for that. That's evil. But it was, it was episode 172 <laughs> okay. when, when Glenn talked about ambition versus value. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. and what's interesting is Glenn was just having a bad day at work, came in and said, this is how we're, this is how I'm feeling. And we said, Hey, like, I think that'd make a good topic. Mm-hmm. And now if you take a look at the steps that have happened because I, I don't know necessarily because of that episode, but I think that might've at least gotten some of the, some of the gears turning. Oh yeah. You know, Glenn's on his way to his dream job. And I think that's, that's really important. Don't I'd, launch this until that. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. I, I do strongly believe that we start settling. And as we start settling, we start lowering our expectations. Of, it's dangerous. Of different things, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe subconsciously what we're doing is we start justifying things on, on happiness and maybe using that as, as, a, as a cue. So it's not necessarily just about material stuff there, but all aspects, even even a religious aspect. I, you know, I've come across friends and, and so forth who, who want to have a greater spiritual connection with, with you know, who, whoever they believe in, you know. And then the Roy, more... There's only one God in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. The Sorry. opinions expressed by both Sarah and Kyle are not shared <laughs> by the GYST podcast. Please hey, send it's three to one. And Glenn, oh, the, the eyes have it. Please send hate mail to Kyle at GYSTpodcast.com no, no. and Glenn at GYSTpodcast.com. Please do not. We're going to invent an email address just for Sarah, just for this one yeah. purpose. But sarcasm. But you know, I'm sorry. Religion is is one of those things. To where when people start diving in, they're My like, goodness. oh, I, I have to start doing all these things. Or I have to start practicing all these things. I, I don't know. that That's really going to inconvenience my life and, and the way that I'm used to. And before you know it, they they say, you know, I still want that connection, but maybe not as strong. Or maybe I'm going to think of it in a different way. You know, maybe instead of going to church or temple or, or whatever, you know, is out there, you start looking inwards more and, and practicing at home more. But I th- I think we all want to have more, what whatever that looks like. And slowly it's the process of settling that our subconscious will change course. So you're talking just in very general yeah. uh, circumstances. So when we take a look at an extreme example, someone has been recently in the news, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Wide receiver for the New England Patriots. I would say he's obsessed with If he's still with the Patriots one. at the time of this recording. <laughs> who knows? Who knows, yeah. right? Who knows what's going to happen? Jeez, um, that guy. Misunderstood, nutcase, psychopath, normal person that is orchestrating 
something to get what he wants. Who knows? I would say he's on the far end of the spectrum of wanting to have more, whatever it is, right? Wanting to have more muscles, more reps, more yards, more catches, more money. He desires that. Does that make him a good person? It makes him in a, in a cheat, an overachiever, a high performer. Mm-hmm. But then you look at somebody who only desires to serve and to have less. Somebody like a nun, a Buddhist monk. I would dare say they're not settling. Neither one of those people. Agree. But I also think that they are I'm, at... I'm sorry, did you, did you say settling? Neither one of those people. I would dare say they're not settling. Got it, okay. On either end of the spectrum there, right? Yeah. I think that is an example of far end of wanting to have more and far end of wanting to have, uh, sorry, wanting less, mm-hmm. right? Feeling the, to, to want less. Are they doing it simultaneously? Oh, well, yeah, there's people here that exist and people here that exist. No, I'm saying nuns and monks. Are they're they just wanting more? For... They're wanting more of their God. They're seeking, they're seeking their God or their peace or the universe. Ooh, that's a good question. So they are, they're fully immersing themselves into it. So they are seeking more. Um, but at the same time, their whole life is focused on wanting less. It's still, yeah, you're right. It's, and it flips the perspective, wanting less what? Material things? Right. And then when we started but also this, seeking I... more relationship, uh, a stronger relationship with uh, said higher power. We'll use that term. Um, so I think there are those two are far into the spectrum, but I don't know that either one of them are settling, mm-hmm. right? Or fell into that same trap that you'd mentioned before. I also believe that they're both at uh, a higher vibration mentally and spiritually, yeah. right? Then they realize that they haven't just allowed themselves to drift into one lane or the other. They dri- they've driven themselves into that lane, out of the center lane of mediocrity and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And they've driven themselves to wanting to have more or feeling at peace and contentment with wanting less. Where do you think that road splits? I wrote down a question. Well, not a question, but I, I wrote something down that I think depending on how you answer this, mm-hmm. will determine which one. And and I'm not sure if it does or not, but it just popped in. I think what this is really a question of is a question of ambition. So you talked about uh, A.B., Antonio Brown. Very ambitious. Mother Teresa, very ambitious. So I think when it comes to mm. having more versus wanting less, depending on if, you know, if it's love, money, job, spirituality, material goods, experiences, however you define it, it comes towards your ambition towards wanting those things. So those individuals still have ambition, just point to different directions. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the billionaire episode was centered around money. Money specifically, yeah. Money specifically. Absolutely. But, but this is, so for example, for you, you are very ambitious when it comes to experiences. Yes. Um. But you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you will do more to create experiences. I, I will sacrifice more, absolutely. But, I mean, at the end of the day, isn't it all about just, like, finding a balance, you know, like yin and yang and, like, coming together? Well, yeah, I mean, they're obvious. And so, so, yes, being in the middle is ideal. But what we're doing here is we're 
Debating. Debating. Being yeah. in the middle is a land of me- yeah. mediocrity. That's why when I started but saying, well, it depends, the nuns do. and then I stopped. Because, <laughs> you know, depends means you're in the middle. Depends are diapers and diapers are full of shit. So, whoa! It well, doesn't depend, and all okay? bus that's drivers That's this podcast. <laughs> Wait, did anyone else? Did anyone else? Catch? I missed it. I missed it. We'll have to rewind this later. Just, I don't need I'll, just I'll kidding. Later for just kidding. Just that. kidding. Oh. Apparently, all bus drivers wear it depends. <laughs> oh, all right. So you know, you shit where you go. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Sandra um, Bullock. Gotta go fifty-five nonstop. Oh, okay, so this is, an, this is an ambition question. Then you think so. These two could be the same then. Yeah, the desire to have more is is equally the desire to want less. Mm-hmm. They they could be one and the same. But, okay, can't ambition be something of a poison as well? Because if you're constantly seeking so much more in your life that you forget the now. or Perfection. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you're constantly going forward that you're not, you're just missing everything else. not present. Else. Right. And so, like, not just even in money, but everything. You can be doing the same thing in any aspect. Religion, spirituality, um, love, money, all of it. So I think ambition itself can be a toxic thing if you're too far on the wanting things. I say if you... wanting more. Well, then the same thing can go the other way. If If you want too less, that shows a lack of ambition. That... That's 100% settling then. Mm-hmm. You know, I. why is it when we're all kids, we want to be astronauts and doctors and archaeologists and all these amazing things? It, it, an interesting conversation at work today was uh, we were talking about what college we went to and what degree we had. And we all had various degrees, but we all ended up at the same place. None of them were in tech. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was the closest with computer science background, but, but we go. had a... We had a nurse in there. We had a criminal justice in there, like all over the place. 18 communications degrees. You know, and <laughs> yeah. And so, so why is that then that, that we start, you know, like the path that we're all on right now. Sarah never thought she'd be doing this. I'm sure yeah. you never thought you'd be doing this. Same thing with, with Glenn and I. We never thought we'd be doing this. But yeah, we all ended up doing what we do. Yeah. Right. And where does... Why why is that? If if I'm gonna take something from, from the previous episode, if if I took my life right now and just defined it by facts, this is how old you are, here's your marital status, here's your family set whatever, bank accounts, health, everything, and showed it to the ten year old me, would I be happy with that outcome? And I can tell you I would not be happy. So if I saw the Rohit that I am right now when I was ten years old, I would not be happy. I would say there's a person who I don't want to be. And what I would do is from there, I think I would be more ambitious to to go down a different path. Uh, Glenn, I, I kind of wish you were on this episode. Um, there's there's an episode of South Park where they talk about like, you know, what the parents do is they hire like a lookalike, right? So Kyle, I'm gonna if you're 10 years old, I'm going to find someone who kind of looks like the way you would look when you're 20 or 30. The future self and me. And have him be like a total loser, right? And he's back from the past to warn you, hey, you better study and not take drugs, right? But it's so much fun. And 
So then what happened was in real life, um, Cartman's character, who he is in the future, super successful, finds a way to travel back in time. He's like, hey, kid, we did it. We lost all that weight. We, we got ambitious and we're doing some amazing things. And Cartman thought it was a setup. So he was like, fine, I'm going to eat more fast food and sabotage my life. And he's like, no. And he like disappears. But that I think is, is phenomenal. If, if you took your life right now on paper and, and said it to yourself 10 years ago or even five years ago, let alone the 10 year old you, would, would you be happy with, with where you are? Would you say, you know what? Like, I, I, I guess I'm happier, but that's not really where I wanted to be. And I think you have to take toll of what that's a product of. Mm-hmm. You have to recognize if that's a product of 10 or 20 years of allowing your expectations to be lowered and settling or actively deciding what you really want and what you really desire. Maybe. And, and circle of influence as well. Well, I also think it changes because my 10-year-old self was a brat. And... Um, I mean, I'm probably still a brat, but <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Uh, but but I really was. I was I I couldn't see past myself, and I feel like when you're a child, you think childish thoughts, but then when you're an adult, you think adult thoughts. And so, no, I don't think any ten year old is like, yeah, I'm living the dream, you know. Um, so I don't know if that point is really necessarily something that. Okay, let's go back ten years. Ten years ago, well, I already said I was so unhappy because I was constantly choosing to seek things that were way beyond myself mm-hmm. and, like, who I actually was. And that was a lack of just knowing who I am and, like, knowing what I really wanted, what I thought I wanted. Maybe I didn't really want that. And that that's not necessarily saying I settled, but, like, I had pictures into those worlds Um where I got to go and experience these things, great things with great people who made a lot of money and lived the lives that I wanted to live. Um, But they were all a house of cards, right? (laughs) The wind came and they fell. Um, And like... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so it was... Do you mind expanding on that? Well, like, for example, great marriages and relationships would end in divorce because there were hidden lies and secrets that weren't being dealt with and they weren't living a real truth. Um, They were living a facade of truth, one that a picture of truth, like, oh, look at our life. It's so pretty. But it really wasn't on the inside. And inside it was dark and it was rotting. And eventually the rot came out and you could see it. Um, And their marriages dissolved and fell apart. People who were rich, I mean, lost everything because... They were being too ambitious. Um, but did you also see the opposite? Where people grew and gained money? Yeah, and were happy and successful marriages. and. I mean, no, not really. Everything, I, everything over the last 20 years, I would say, because I started getting into this world of like growing bigger when I was like 18 or 19. Um, yeah, almost 20 years. Uh Almost every single person and family that I looked into and tried to follow follow and emulate has fallen from grace, if that makes any sense, Um, where their lives have not been what was portrayed. Uh, And that's a very dangerous thing because it 
demoralizes people inside this like heart that that they want these things but then they see that oh well maybe it comes with a double-edged sword like affairs and other crazy things men running away with the nannies actually still happens in this day and age so i don't know sometimes wanting more can lead you to things that you didn't ever foresee like more money more problems (laughs) (laughs) okay biggie what's what's interesting about that is it it almost sounded like your perspective changed from external factors well no there was the whole internal stuff too i went through with my with like focusing on like what do i really want and ultimately i want to pour into people's lives make them better um I want to enjoy my life, what I'm doing every day, and I want to be able to have time to have my, be with my family. Um, and of course, I want to grow and like have a bigger house and have a house with a game room for my husband. And you know, like we're going to adopt and grow our family. Like we're still dreaming within the smaller context, but it doesn't have to be a mansion on the hill. Which. At one point in my life, especially 10 years ago, had you asked me, I would have settled for nothing less. But why? Why did I want that? Maybe that was because I was seeking external things and not really an internal. I'm like, is this what I really want? See, what I think is important about this is, is we're getting ready for Kyle Reed's tuna takeaway. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> ultimately... What having more or wanting less comes down to is how you define it. And I'm not just talking about how you consciously define it. It's all how you subconsciously define it. If you find yourself lowering what the what the what your finish line is. Oh. You know? Like Kyle, if, if you oh, wanted to run line. a marathon and you kept on doing half marathons, sorry, let me rephrase. If you kept on signing up for marathons but notice that you would lose steam after a half marathon. Instead of working harder, if you're like, you know what, maybe all I want to do is run half marathon. And then you run the half marathon and you're successful and you feel good about yourself. Well, is that settling? Is it not? That's my life. That's literally my life. I don't like doing full marathons anymore. <laughs> They're too much work. High five, Kyle. <laughs> They're too much work. And it's, you know, it's, and it's a serious question, right? So we have to take a look at, you know, do I truly not have a desire to run 26 miles or am I settling for 13.1? Right? So that's something to take a look at. Definitely something to take a look at. When you say subconscious, before, as we wrap up, I want you to expand on that because I could tell you till I'm blue in the face that, you know what? I don't believe that a full marathon is worth the work that it requires. And you can tell me that I'm settling until you're blue in the face. How do we find the middle ground? How do I tap into my subconscious to find out whether or not I'm settling mm-hmm. or I truly am happy and content with a half marathon? Because here's the other thing I'll tell you. The people that I run with now mostly run half marathons. There's more half marathon events. Yeah. Um, there's one this Sunday that I'm supposed to do in Seattle. Um, and I'm more about the people and the experience itself, right? So that brings me more joy, I would say. I'd have to look a little bit deeper to see if I'm settling or if I'm truly happier doing half marathons. But how would would one do so? What's what's interesting is 
you've accomplished running a full marathon. Yes, right. And now you said your circle of influence is, when it comes to running, is probably the most important factor. Mm -hmm. That's what you enjoy the most, is running half marathons with the people who are in your running circle of influence. If they were not involved, it was just you and, and your ambition, and you never ran that marathon, the, the one that you completed. You only did half marathons. Mm -hmm. It's you, When it comes to the subconscious, you can't take a look at internal factors. Sorry. It's all internal factors, not external factors. Your subconscious is what happens as a result of your programs. It's, it's the way your brain thinks. So if you are content with having run a marathon, it was on your bucket list and you checked it off, then I would say that that is a success. And now you're still wanting to participate in the activity of running, but just at a different pace. But you've climbed to the mountain. Doesn't mean you have to climb the mountain every single time. I, I would not consider that settling. But what you're talking about is how, what does the audience do right now? How, how do they go about it? Yeah, how do, we, how do we recognize that, right? So what I would say is, is for the audience, use a tool called visualization. Just close your eyes. You know, be alone. Don't have your phone with you. Just be alone and just breathe rhythmically. That's where the magic happens for about five minutes. Just have a steady rhythmic breathing. And that's going to uh, trigger certain events in your brain, your chemicals, and everything like that. So it takes about five minutes of rhythmic breathing for you to, to come into this place of being present and self. That's when you ask yourself the tough questions. You have to, one of the exercises that I do is just call yes, no. I don't, I don't know if there's a name, you know, real name for it, but it's something that I do with myself all the time. It's, it's the called yes, now. no. It's the name now. And what I'll do is a lot of times I will come into the studio uh, because the whiteboard and, and I'll start, I mean, you guys. You yeah, know, we'll come you, in. There's all kinds of random stuff up in here. All kind of stuff. Stick you figures, know. teepees. Yeah. It's on like, was that an Indian joke? Why does that one have a third Sorry. leg? I didn't really think about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> Tripod. That's the video studio. You're right. Yeah. Um. But a lot of times I'll come in here and I talk out loud to myself, to myself. So for example, if I'm you, right? And I say, okay, I want to, no, let, I'm not gonna say that. Let, let's just say I want to be a millionaire, right? And I'm not there. So I'll say, okay, Roy, do you want to be a millionaire? Yes, I want to be a millionaire. Why do you want to be a millionaire? You know, um, and if you, if you really want to dig down to the, the core, you have to ask yourself why five times. That's going to get down to the core because your first few answers are going to be superficial. Oh, I, I don't have to worry about bills anymore. Okay, why is that important I can to buy you? a nice car. I can do this. Whatever. Yeah, and, and ask why. And you have to get five levels deep in order for you to really, truly know what's going on inside. So I would say ask yourself only yes, no questions. You know, it, Okay, do you want to be a millionaire? Yes. Are you doing the things that millionaires do? No. Why not? Wow. It's two questions in. Yeah. Now that's already powerful. I've already recognized that I should be doing certain activities that I'm not doing. So already, I say I want one thing, but all my actions are contradicting that. Hmm. 
And so by digging down, what I would say, you know, to summarize it up, five minutes of rhythmic breathing, ask yourself yes, no questions, and to truly get down to the heart of, of what you want, you have to ask yourself why at least five times to get down That's to good. the core. Yeah. So. I like it. I like it. Definitely going in yourself and thinking about it. And that's all, folks. We're going to wrap it up right there. Right there. That's it. We're going to put a stamp on it. Did I win? You won. Yeah. No, you didn't win shit. I know. <laughs> better to want less. <laughs> participation trophies. What episode was participation it, trophies? Oh, man, 130 episodes ago, probably. It was, it was quite some time. Glenn's upset at participation trophies because he still has his participation trophies from when he was a child hanging up on his fireplace mantle. Um, with that, Sorry. you know, folks, Rohit, thank you for that exercise because it, it gives uh, our audience and ourselves um, an activity to practice to find out why we're doing certain things, if we're on the right path to do the things that we really want to do, and to find out if those things are what we want to do or if we're settling um, on those, whatever it may be, right? Whatever the goal is, whatever the ambition is in life to achieve said said goal um, take a minute five minutes rhythmic breathing quiet no one around not even the noise of a clock in the background and then ask yourself those questions five why questions that was because I think Rohit checked on that episode 25 episode 25 participation, participation trophies. Trophies. awesome well thank you everyone Sarah thanks again for joining another yeah. episode of the GYST podcast Rohit my man for joining as well. Listeners, boys, girls, thank you for tuning in to the GYSD podcast. Get your shit together podcast where every week we discuss getting your shit together. Tune in next week and we'll see you again. Thank you. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 